So just to continue with that exploration, in the same sutta that I quoted earlier, the Buddha goes on to say that the deepest freedom develops from dependence on me, the Buddha, as an admirable friend. And we might hear that and think, hmm. (laughs) And even these phrases, admirable friends, admirable companions, admirable camaraderie, possible you might feel just a little inadequate, at least speaking for myself. But there's another sutta that I read years ago, and unfortunately I haven't been able to find the exact reference again, but the Buddha's giving guidelines about spiritual friendship, and he says, it goes something like this, the best kind of spiritual friendship is friendship with a Buddha, but if a Buddha's not available... An arahant is good, an arahant being a very highly realized being. And if there aren't any arahants around, then someone who's partly awakened will do. And if you can't find them, somebody who's further ahead on the path. And if that's not available, find someone who's got at least a little bit of wisdom. And if you can't even find that, then practice by yourself. (laughs) So there's a pragmatism there. We work with what we've got, with what's available. And that's the point, that we make the best of what we have. And here, we have all these beautiful people around us who are sharing this path. And that we're sharing with them because, of course, it's a two-way relationship. So in case this term spiritual friendship is sounding a bit lofty or idealized, There's another sutta where the Buddha specifically names what are some of the qualities of an admirable friend. And it says, Practitioners, a friend endowed with seven qualities is worth associating with. Which seven? They give what is hard to give. They do what is hard to do. They endure what is hard to endure. They reveal their secrets to you. They keep your secrets. When misfortune strikes, they don't abandon you. When you're down and out, they don't look down on you. A friend endowed with these seven qualities is worth associating with. So there's quite a lot there, but there's one aspect I'd like to highlight that sense of being there for someone in difficult times. So I noticed in the language of the sutra, it doesn't say if misfortune strikes or if you're down and out. It says when. Mm -hmm. So there's this understanding that all of us are subject to ups and downs. All of us are subject to challenges. And so then the question is, who or what do we turn to when life does get difficult? So as I mentioned earlier, the Sangha, the community, is the third refuge or jewel that offers us support and, as I mentioned, is made up of this network of spiritual friendships that hopefully we can offer each other support in challenging times. The other aspect of this whole exploration of what distinguishes spiritual friendship from ordinary friendship is it's not just about having a good time together. It has a higher purpose. 
And that's to help free ourselves from difficult patterns, difficult habits of mind, difficult ways of relating to ourselves and to each other. So, ideally, spiritual friendship is about helping others see and helping ourselves see those patterns. And it's challenging because those deeply ingrained habits by almost by their nature are very hard to see. And our blind spots, as we were exploring earlier with delusion, we have all these strategies for not seeing them. So a few years ago when I was at IMS, Ajahn Suchito was visiting and he gave a talk to the staff. And somebody asked him about what it's like living in a spiritual community, in his case a monastic sangha, and what the benefits are. And he said, he pointed to his shaved head and said something like, we need others to see the backs of our heads. Now, of course, as a monastic, there's a practical aspect to that. It's very difficult to shave the back of your head. But he was also speaking metaphorically that we need other people to help us see what we can't see for ourselves, where and how we get stuck. And I think we all know, perhaps, if we just sit silently, individually, on our cushions, it can be easy to think, oh yeah, equanimity, pretty good. Calm, pretty good. Yeah, wisdom's coming along. And then we have an interaction with somebody, it's like, hmm, <laughs> maybe not as good as I'd thought or hoped. And so, You've probably heard the famous quote from Ram Das, who said, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a weekend with your family. <laughs> so we can probably recognize the truth of that. So if we're serious about deepening this path, and we're serious about cultivating spiritual friendship, part of it is the courage to show up for the challenging parts as well as the feel-good aspects. So in the Dhammapada, it says, if one finds a person who points out one's faults and who reproves one, one should follow such a wise and sagacious counselor as one would a guide to hidden treasure. But I wonder, is that our default response when somebody points out our faults and reproves us. If you're anything like me, it probably isn't the immediate response. Sometimes it can take some time and then we might be able to appreciate what's being offered to us. But if you think back in the development of your own path so far, I'm guessing that the times that were challenging and maybe some of those rough interactions or even painful relationships were areas where you also learned a lot. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Another arena where these heavenly messengers can call our attention and help us to grow. So with spiritual friendship, we're open to both the challenges and the rewards. And there might be some willingness to receive feedback, but also to offer feedback. Because it's risky, right? What we say might not be well received. But if it's offered with this motivation of skillful spiritual friendship, 
then ultimately it might be of benefit both to ourselves and the other. So this is something I'd like to invite us to explore in small groups again now. Just what has been your own experience of spiritual friendship so far? Where and how you might have offered it or received it? And perhaps finding some specific examples where this was alive in the context of your own life. So it could be something as simple as just coming to this group on Thursday night. Or it could be a specific person who supported you at a painful time in your life. Or it might be experience you had of being challenged by somebody who pointed out your blind spots and eventually you were able to recognize the value from that. Okay? 